I have higher standards for the city and the franchise, and I'm going above and beyond MLB's penalty. Today, I have made the decision to dismiss A.J. Hinch and Jeff Lunau. We need to move forward with a clean slate, and the Astros will become a stronger organization because of this today. I think if there is a, a culture problem, um, I think it would start with the GM and work your way down from there. And, you know, if you're Jim Crane, you might want to say, you know what, I just want to start this thing over and just uh, maybe clean house and, and go from there after all the dust settles on this. Welcome back to Bay Area Sports Wrap with Lowell Tuckerman and Marco Ukolovich on 860 AM, The Answer. Back on November 24th, Brian McTaggart, MLB.com Astros beat reporter, was kind enough to join us to talk about what we think might happen with the MLB investigation. And Brian, I got to give you credit. Uh, That is absolutely what happened as far as Jim Crane deciding to move forward without A.J. Hinch, without Jeff Lunau. MLB has levied their punishments, but I still feel like this isn't over yet. What do you think, Brian? Well, I think I think it's probably just starting. I mean, I, I think uh, when the season, when spring training gets underway, there's going to be a lot of reporters down at the spring training complex asking questions. I mean, we really haven't heard uh, from players too much. I mean, they've laid low this offseason. I know uh, Bregman and Altuve talked a week ago at FanFest, but really didn't address Address the uh, whole sign stealing thing, sort of like Dallas Keuchel did a couple of days ago with the now with the White Sox. So um, they're going to have to answer all those questions, and I think it's going to drag on. And when the regular season starts, I, I think we all know what's going to happen when they go on the road. Um, you know, a, a, a group of Dodgers fans is already planning to show up in Anaheim to uh, you know give the Astros hell and, and boo them, and they're going to get that everywhere they go and at every city they go. There's going to be a new wave of reporters asking the same questions. So. This is just getting started, I think. Um, they're going to have to wear it for a while, and it's, uh, it's, it's going to be a rocky season you know, for the Astros, I think, off the field just dealing with this stuff. And, Brian, it seems to me a lot of this outrage has stemmed from the players getting, of course, immunity from, from all this, and you hear the rumors about Jose Altuve wearing the buzzer when he hit the home run off of Chapman, and Altuve certainly, with his behavior, didn't do anything to throw water on that rumor. So I got to ask you this. Does MLB now look back and say, without any player discipline here, we kind of asked for this in terms of people feeling like the Astros punishment wasn't satisfactory. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think they probably knew that the the Dodgers fans wouldn't be satisfied ultimately, but um, they also knew it's really hard to punish the players because it's it's hard to pin down who did what, how much it helped them, um, and then they want to get the truth out. And they they wanted to start and get the people who were responsible for this whole scheme. And the way to do that is to get the players to tell them. And so that's why they were they were granted immunity. And you know I think you know if, if you spend the players, you're going to run into all kind of issues with the players' union. So um, you know the the punishment they handed down was unprecedented. Uh, the uh, you know suspensions per year of a manager and a GM and the fine is the most they can give out. You know losing the draft picks is hard. So the Astros were hit hard, but just from a practical standpoint, I mean, let's say just suspend all the players and um, you know that's really pretty impossible to do. You have players on other teams, you have players who retired, 
Uh, I mean, how do you go about punishing those guys? It's just, just logistically, it's just not practical. And, um, you know, I think the punishment, like I said earlier, is going to come when those players take the field in Anaheim or when they take the field in Yankee Stadium uh, from the opposing fans and the, the chance and the signs they're going to have to face. It's going to be pretty brutal. Hey, Brian, it's Ryan Leong. Thanks for joining us again. Um, hey, Ryan. Good to talk to you. Now, I know the last time baseball had this big of a scandal, in my opinion, was the Black Sox scandal of 1919, and it took some guy named George Herman Babe Ruth to really turn the sport around. I mean, baseball, I think, is having probably some of the worst publicity it's had over the past decade. I mean, I just think, of course, you had the steroids scandal, all the news now with the Hall of Fame, but I really think this is a really big moment for baseball to really decide it's really going to be – Kind of like a an aha moment, all right? I mean, how are they going to kind of come come back from this? Do you do you figure that they're going to have to have somebody save the sport? I don't know if it's going to be Mike Trout, but it looks like somebody's going to have to do something. Yeah, well, baseball's been resilient. I mean, it, it always comes back. Uh, you know, at the strike in '94 it was the death of baseball. It was, you know, it was Cal Ripken Jr. in that case that, that saved the game. So yeah, maybe there does need to be somebody riding in with a a cape and a white hat. Um, but, you know, I, I just think from a baseball standpoint, they need to uh, – what I would like to see them do is take technology out of the dugout. Players standing on the on-deck circle during a pitching change with an iPad, I mean, do we really need that? I mean, uh, you know, do your homework before the game and uh, and then let's go play the game. We don't need iPads in the dugouts and Apple Watches and, you know, all that nonsense, you know. Move move the replay uh, video monitors. Move them upstairs or at the back of the clubhouse. Move move the video areas away from the dugout because you go down in the dugouts um, in these ballparks and they're right there, right at the bottom of the dugout. It's very tempting, very easy. Now I know MLB now has personnel stationed there, but let's just get technology out of the dugout. I think that's step one, um, and just just kind of get back to playing baseball. It's just. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, where do they go from here? I mean, I think this may be just beginning. I mean, obviously the Red Sox are under investigation. Um, I know that uh, some, some of the players that have been questioning this investigation have fingered some other teams. Is Major League Baseball going to look at them? Because this is just not the Astros doing this. Other teams do this, not just the Astros and Red Sox. Astros were in the crosshairs because a player who played for them went on record and called them out. Is that going to happen with other teams? I don't know. But Major League Baseball did um, – Talked to a lot of players, and a lot of players pointed fingers at other teams. So we'll see, uh, you know, what Major League Baseball does about that. And I want to get your thoughts real quick, Brian. We got I got a couple of sound bites here. First, we're going to start. Uh, I'll, we'll play Mike Fires and then uh, Dallas Keuchel and get your thoughts. Mike, when you talked to the athletic for that story, did you sort of take a deep breath, knowing that a lot of scrutiny and attention was coming, or has this taken you by surprise to some extent? Yeah, listen, um, you know, I. I appreciate the question. Um, I just, you know, I, I'm not talking about that right now. I'll talk about baseball. I'll talk about, you know, my team moving forward. But right now, I just want to focus on, you know, this team and not the past. Do you get a sense that the guys are, you know, basically with you? I mean, there's not a lot of tension about this. I know that's that's an Astros thing, but it's kind of a key question because, there's a, you know, a lot of players think that there's a code that was broken and other guys are totally behind you and you just figure there's going to be maybe a little bit of tension somewhere. Like I said, I appreciate the question. I know you guys got to ask. Um, it's your job, but baseball. Baseball questions, please. There's such a tight-knit community in the clubhouse, and, and baseball especially. You're playing 162 games at least in the regular season plus spring training, and then maybe in the playoffs if you're lucky. So you're, you're, you're pushing 185, 200 games, and 
it's it, it, it sucks to the extent of the clubhouse rule was broken. I mean, and that's 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 where I'll go with that. Now, Brian, before I turn it back over to you, I mean, number one, you got Mike Fires now kind of like sort of not denying it, but he's obviously been maybe given a gag order not to address this any further. And then, of course, you got Keichel's comments saying that, you know, in-house clubhouse rules were broken. And what do you think? Yeah, well, I definitely think clubhouse rules are broken. And um, I definitely think if uh, there's probably people that have played with Mike Fires or have played with Mike Fires or definitely have to wonder how much they can trust him at some point. I know a lot of people come out in support of him, you know, for blowing the whistle. And, you know, I, I certainly, you know, understand that. You know, I, I would like to know from Fires just what, what the motive was to, I mean, that's a, a pretty strong code you have in these clubhouses. The stuff that happens in the clubhouse stays in the clubhouse. And it obviously didn't in this case. And it is blowing the top off a huge scandal. But what was his motivation? You know, he led the Astros in innings pitched in 2017 was left off the playoff roster and you know i know that didn't sit well with him and uh he ended up having a you know a couple of run-ins with aj hinch one of them in oakland i don't know if you remember there was an mm-hmm. incident in the dugout where he took him out of a game and then when hinch got back to the dugout they sort of went at it so um not the best of terms i think with with aj Hinch. so maybe you know he felt there was an axe to grind with the astros and the manager and you know, i'm not sure but that that's what i would like to know is just what is you know, his motivation. But, yeah, there's no doubt uh, a code is broken here, and I think um, that's probably what is angering the players more than anything on the Astros, I would say. It's not that they got caught. is that, you know, this code was broken because, you know, they, they think other teams are doing it as well. And because of Mike Fires, they're the one that's paying the penalty right now. Brian, this is Marco here, and uh, I know you interact with the fans a lot there in Houston. And what's been their reaction since this whole fallout has happened? You know, are they angry or damn? not care i mean is, is mike fires public enemy number one there what's been the reaction he's definitely public enemy number one and it's going to be very interesting when they come to houston um first of all if, if he pitches i mean i would have a hard time if i'm the a's letting him pitch in an environment because it's you know what i said about the astros earlier going on the road it's going to be that and worse i think for fires when he comes to houston i, I just think astros fans are really angry i think for the most part they're in denial a little bit, and they're backing their team like you would expect fans to do. Um, you know, the, the talk about stripping the championship, is, you know, that really you know elicits a response that, um, you know, the championship happened, we have it, you can't take it away. And, um, you know, yeah, we got busted for cheating, but other teams are doing it as well. So it's uh, I think Astros fans are digging their heels in against the baseball, baseball world because nobody's on their side right now. But, you know, I think fires coming to Houston, you know, certainly – uh, if he pitches, I think well, that's going to be a very, very tough environment right now for him to pitch in just because of the, the vitriol, I think, that Astros fans have. We have a few more minutes left with Brian McTaggart, Astros beat reporter from MLB.com. I want to share with you my theory on why Mike Fires decided enough is enough. I'm going to blow the whistle here. If you look back to his last start of the 2019 season against the Houston Astros, it was on September 9th at Minimaid Park. He pitched one inning, allowed nine earned runs on nine hits, five home runs. And I have to imagine with his knowledge and in the back of his mind, are they using what we did in 2017 against me? And maybe that didn't sit too well with fires. And maybe it's just a a big coincidence, Brian, that his last start, he got shelled uh, to biblical proportions. Yeah, no doubt. And I've I've talked about that before. And even if you go back and, I don't know how far you have to go, but 
he was on a really, really good run entering that uh, stretch. I think he had won, you know, maybe eight, 10, 12 decisions in a row, something along, or starts in a row, or, but he'd been on a good two month run to where he, he was pitching really, really well. And yeah, he got absolutely dominated um, from, from the get go. And, you know, that, yeah, maybe that was the final straw for him. You know what? Um, now they're using this system against me and um, I'm putting my foot down and, and yeah, I got to think that played into it as well. I, I think you're exactly right. I mean, I, I need to go back and look at his, his previous starts, but I really remember for that start and how, how well he was pitching and, and just, you know, it was kind of shocking to see the Astros just totally tee off on him like that. You know, and who knows? You know, there, there's no proof that the Astros were using this in 2019. The report came out. So um, if that's the case, then, you know, they were just simply teeing off on Mike Fires, a, a pitcher that they knew very well. But, you know, even so, maybe that was a, you know, Mike maybe didn't know that at the time or didn't believe it. And, you know, that was enough for him to say, look, enough is enough. This is what happened when I was there. And prior to that September 9th start, Fires had not lost since May 1st, and he was in go. the lead to host that wild card game for the A's. And that was something that wasn't talked about a lot is probably the hit to Mike Fires' pride that he did not get to start in that AL wild card game. And getting shelled in Houston may have been one of the arguments to not start him. So that, that could very well be it. And, Ryan, I know you wanted to go ahead and add in some final thoughts for Brian. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Hey, uh, Brian, I know when you used to work before MLB.com, you were with the Houston Chronicle. Did you ever have any uh, uh, dealings? Did you ever cover Kobe Bryant at all when the uh, Lakers came to play the Rockets? I actually did. My last assignment for the Chronicle was the 2009 uh, playoffs. I helped cover the Rockets, and, of course, um, the Lakers won the championship, I think, that year that they the Rockets took them seven games in the second round, um, and so I was sort of put on Lakers assignments. So I would go to Lakers practice every day, um, and then you know cover the games. The Rockets actually blew out the Lakers in Game One at the Staples Center, and then the series ended up going seven games, and Lakers won. But you know, I that was the only time I dealt with Kobe, and it was over a you know what a ten day span going to Lakers practices. And I I will say I was I was very impressed with him, just the professionalism professionalism he came out every day uh, after practice and talked to a group of reporters there were times I was literally I think resting my arm on his shoulder with my tape recorder from the back and you know he, he couldn't have been more engaging and uh, was uh, you know obviously a, a superstar at the team but he, he handled it very well and uh, played the role of superstar perfectly and was very gracious with the media and so yeah that's what you know stands out for me when you know I heard that news is, uh, I mean we all you know, we all we all think he's a great player and a professional. And my limited dealings with him, you know, I don't know him at all, or obviously didn't know who I was. But my limited dealings with him were very good and, and very professional. And uh, yeah, just completely, uh, you know, shocked uh, as well for all that were involved in that. Brian, we appreciate the time on this Sunday night to come on and talk Astros with us, and we appreciate your thoughts on Kobe Bryant as well. Hard to believe, but. We'll probably be seeing you on March 30th. That's when the Houston Astros come out to Oakland. And we'll keep you on speed dial this season anytime the Astros play the A's or the Giants. Thank you so much, Brian. We'll talk to you soon. Yep, I'll be out there. Talk to you later. All right, there he is. Brian McTaggart, Astros, beat reporter from MLB.com.